Welcome to Southland Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroe. This is Steve Walsh. Hello. And we're at Champion Hill watching Dulwich Hamlet versus two in the mission. We've got a packed show for you this week. Uh, it's all about Dulwich Hamlet Football Club. We spoke to a number of people, uh, some fans, uh, one of the players, Erhanot Zuma. Uh, spoke to my dad, which is coming up at the end, uh, extended interview about the history of the club, well worth sticking around for. It's half time in the game. We've managed to track down uh, Robert Malloy Vaughan. The man who coined the phrase the Transpontine Derby yep. to describe the match that we're at today, Dutch Hamlet versus Tootin and Mitchum. The man who was Wolfgang Money Penny. There are rumours. I mean, still listening for oh, that, that was, that was, that was never proven in court. He fell off a yacht, didn't he? Last I heard, he was, he was, I, he was bobbing I, away down, I, I, down the river somewhere. I've heard he's uh, actually coming back with a video next week. Oh, really? That's just a rumour, though. Keep, keep your eyes I've filled. heard he's sold out spectacularly. <laughs> he's now a property developer. <laughs> It's been a good first half. I been, think overall, the scoreline doesn't reflect that. It's yeah, Dulwich currently 2-1 down, yeah. But some lovely football. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we should have been 1-0 up. and well, more than 1-0 up. And I'm not really into this amateur tactical analysis stuff, but <laughs> yeah. we, we, we should still be winning. I, I don't think also, I don't think it's uh, amateur tactical analysis to say the fact that Dulwich's main defender wasn't on the pitch when they considered their yeah. first goal was a factor. Although he was on the pitch and they scored an almost identical goal for the same. I mean, he's normally our main cent- uh, central midfielder. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, this is my first game in years and uh, doing some research for the games, this is the midfielder. But he plays, he's a cracking tackle, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a big, strong unit. He's got, he's got good technique. He's, um, he, control, he controls things very nicely in the yeah. centre of the park. And it's a bit odd to, when he does play. In the and that he's missing a bit in, in, yeah. in, the, in the, the game. Yeah, we're, we're going quite direct, which isn't really working with our. One and a half men up front. What a half a man, though. What a half a man. I think it's fair to say Dulwich's commitment to passing football has got him in trouble, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're built around. We're built for it now. You know, it's not. We're not. We're not trying to get lumbering giants to pass the ball. We're um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the Barcelona of non-league South London football. <laughs> yeah. So, how long have you been coming to Dulwich? Uh, two years. I, uh, in my in my youth, I supported a gigantic hypercapitalist football team whose name I shan't mention, thanks to my mum. But um, <laughs> the chance are wherever that team is, they don't need to mention the mate. No, no one's going. Uh, <laughs> tell us more about this. Uh. <laughs> you hear more than enough about them. Um, but no, two years. Always meant to go. It was always like team that play in blue and pink. Like not. Far <laughs> it's irresistible. From, it's not, nice, not far from where I've lived most of my life. What's their ground called? Champion Hill. Champion Hill. <laughs> it's always <laughs> You've got your uh, flags yeah. with you today. You've got Steve in as well as an auxiliary flag bearer just yeah. for. Uh, <laughs> nice. painted, painted this one yesterday. Oh, lovely. What is it? It's like some old like blue and 
blue white star confederates flag or something but, um, <laughs> but you've repurposed I've, I've painted the you've white you've hamletized it yeah I've painted the white pink <laughs> So yeah, we're joined by James and Darren, uh, aka the Pigeon Stance, which is it's a South London football blog um, where we go to grounds step five to Premier League, although trying to avoid going to anything in the league if we can help it, um, and just going and having a having a having a shifty round some of the um, some of the grounds of South London. It's not too not too serious. We just sort of go take a few pictures see what we can see but it's a good opportunity to get to places like you know Chipstead and Rains Park which we wouldn't normally go anywhere near it fills our Saturdays I guess are you familiar with Mishy's uh, ground hopping blog we are yeah we're I mean, uh, that's, that's like that's, the that's extreme yeah. <laughs> the way, yeah. uh, you're on Twitter at the pigeon stands actively yeah at uh, the yeah stands. I mean you're the uh, key Dulwich Hamlet uh, Account, I would say. Uh, on the well, match, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, on the match day, I generally, if I want to know the score, I'm at Yids, by the way. Steve is at Vent Wales. The show is at SLHC. Yep. Always informative with a slight Dulwich bias. Yeah, yeah which is what we want, isn't it? Which yeah, is what, yeah. That's what I'm logging on for. Yeah. Um, so today it was obviously Dulwich v Tooting. Yep. Big uh, game. There's two South London clubs, but you've got Dulwich scarfs on. It's yeah, two teams. Could, one of you could have gone tooting just for we the sake of balance. <laughs> technically, uh, technically, it's three teams. It's Tooting and Mitchum, so it's, uh, it's a real six pointer today. <laughs> but how would we decide which one of us was going to go tooting today? Short, short, short straw. straw. Short short straw. Short straw. Yeah. So yeah, um, you you kind of would follow tooting on a non-dulwich day? Absolutely not. No, we did. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We uh, we d- we did uh, we did make the uh, mistake of going down there last uh, last preseason for a game against uh, the Guyana Superstars. Oh wow. Uh, which you know, it's a pre-season friendly. You can't avoid that one. So, um, and we were yeah. behind Gu- Guyana all the way. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh, to right. Great guys. Uh, <laughs> Guyana, which is of course uh, south south of Sydney. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so therefore counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. counts. Trans one time then. Yeah, well, exactly. All the southern side of the Thames. So you were uh, in the booth today doing yeah, yeah. Uh, town I take over. Yeah, how often have you done it before? That's the first time. No. I was going to say, because normally it's Liam, isn't it? No, the Tannoy takeover, like like most good things, started uh, in a pub as, as an idea. <laughs> uh, the, the club was uh, was trying to raise funds and came up with this idea uh, called the Ten Songs for a Tenor. Idea being, you pay your tenor, you get to play uh, ten tunes. We decided in our pub discussion to take it one step further and uh, take over the whole uh, the whole Tannoy. So we uh, <laughs> we we never thought they'd uh, they they'd let us do it. They did let us do it. We were terrified at first at the idea of it, but. Um, Okay, it's been yeah, a fine job. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. gone all right. I mean, yeah. the problems were not your your no, 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 few tec- technical went a bit, issues, uh, but Bane at the end. Yeah, we, we, we for dollar hundred. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't really your. That's quite Victorian, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, we had a tweet. We had a Twitter message from someone who didn't put it on airplane because we weren't in airplane. So. It was nice. We gave uh, Vaughn Style a chance to uh, connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. You're going to get heckled by someone. It's that it, it might as well be. Yeah, it might as well be Vaughn. We also, uh, as the intro music for the Hamlet Boys, we chose the uh, we cho- chose the Hulk theme for Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hogan. Yeah, yeah. which, we, yeah. which, we, which we set off way too early. So yeah, it played a lot longer than we, we yeah. thought we it was were, going uh, to. We were really pondering that last night while we were having a few drinks, uh, working out what on earth we were going to play for the uh, for the walkout music. And, you know, there was only one choice. There was only one choice. I thought what to myself, what would get Gavin Rose really pumped? And I thought, yeah, it's the same thing that gets everybody really pumped. It's uh, the Hulk yeah. Hogan theme tune. So how long have you both been uh, coming to Dulwich? 
specifically. It's about five years. Yeah, five or six years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Since the, uh, yeah, yeah. Since the uh, Craig Edwards days. The Craig Edwards Yeah, yeah. So you've seen a couple of like near misses with promotions, yeah. layoffs, heartbreaker, yeah. heartbreaker leather, cup yeah. finals, cup final, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the lost all of them. I think you know, yeah. this is it's a pretty strong lineup. Yeah, we're winning games one 0 which is you know something we've not done really before. Last season was all you know it was all champagne, sexy football, and winning four 0 And this year we're grinding out one 0 wins, which you know. Appeals to uh, appeals to my Scottish roots. It's winning ugly. So, yeah, perhaps um, yeah. a few a few defensive issues to sort out. Tell everyone the address for the blog. Uh, is talesforthepigeonstand.wordpress.com but if you go to Google and search Tales for the Pigeon Stand from the Pigeon Stands unsurprisingly we come up on top so, uh, <laughs> and twitter.com and slash twitter, the Pigeon yeah, Stands we're yeah. at the Pigeon Stands on Twitter so we're now joined by uh, Mishy Dulledge Morath uh, what was your name before that Mishy was it Mishy Tootin <laughs> no you are sorry. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this uh, <laughs> but no, I actually don't have a middle name. I've never had a middle name. We've so, got one um, now, haven't you? Basically, I changed it many years ago because I, um, Mr. D. Morath, I, I usually put the D in. I once won a fiver from a Kingstonian friend because he didn't believe me. And the next game we played him, I bought my passport when he cleaned up. <laughs> but one time I was going away, I think I was going to Poland for an England game many moons ago, and um, my passport was due for renewal. We know when you panic, and so I had to go to the passport office and queue up. And the woman's gone to me behind the jump. She's gone. Uh, Dulwich, as in the place. <laughs> yeah, looking down on me, I said, "No, it's as in the football club." <laughs> but, you know, yeah, that's my middle name. We've got a friend called Louis Peckham who hasn't changed his name Real at all. Name, yeah. His actual name is Louis. There's nothing Peckham. wrong with the name Peckham. No, no, not at all. No. But it does happen, doesn't Apart it? Apart from, of course, John Beasley and the Peckham Society. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a whole other episode. Uh, we'll have to get into that. So, Misha, you're, uh, you know... I'm a Dulwich Yeah, big time. So you're... Uh, the the Dulwich supporter, I think you can say. No, no, no. no? I'm, just, I'm just a Dulwich supporter among okay. many. Because I grew up on the estate behind the grounds. As a little kid, you see. So when the old ground was up, you could, you could so you used to see the training ground from the, um, oh, the, the old top pitch. Yeah, from, yeah. from the balcony, you see. So, and I, I come down as a little kid. So my first game, my brother took me down when I was seven, I think. Well, I was seven. But I don't really remember too much about no. it. I mean, I've, I've only been going home and away since I was about 11. And when was it, what kind of year is that? That was 77, you know. Oh, OK, right. I'm now, I'm 56. Yeah. And you go to uh, youth games as well, reserve games? Well, yeah. <laughs> of course you do. I mean, oh, I'm a bit more crazy than most. But <laughs> the thing is, unfortunately, my job, I work every other Saturday. Right. But it's, it's the job that pays... For the football and to put a roof over my head, yeah, I, yeah. I can add it. I always, to me, I always try to jam it. I watch reserve team games, youth team games, as many as possible. How do you think the current team compares to teams of the past? Because it's done as you've been at the same it's, levels for that time, more or less, haven't they? Well, I think that, that's down to the manager, Gavin. He's a, he basically he's a genius, and a lot, of, a lot of them are local players. And the best thing he's done is he's brought someone like Erhan, Erman Ostuma, the little magic Turk in the middle. And um, the beauty is, he's such a midget, he should be playing at a lot higher level. Mm. He ain't going to be because he's too short. So yeah, I love techni- that. Technically, he's brilliant, isn't he? Brilliant. He's absolutely fantastic as a footballer. The thing is with the current team, is when we, if, we play, if we're on form, we'll play the same way. We'll be patient 
and will carry on playing the same style and the youth team try to play the same way oh right so he's, he's got them coming through yeah yeah and of course when you've got players like Danny Carr up front who's only 18 who's just signed, 18. he's wow. just, just signed a contract he's a big lad he's just signed a contract yeah. he was at Reading apparently oh right and I'm not nosy enough yet to find out exactly what happened, but we had some fallout at Reading, and it was something right. off the pitch. Right, right. And his football was okay, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's all. He's come, he's come to us. Gavin's picked him up, and Gavin will look after him. And because they know Dunnage is in the shop window, Absolutely, we attract yeah. good youngsters. Well, you've got Crystal Palace up the road who also... Well, unfortunately, I can't stand him. It's <laughs> <laughs> Palace, and they're signing up some of our youngsters, which ain't bad, we'll take their money. Yeah. But to me, Palace, it's like middle-class suburbia. I call, <laughs> I call them a non-league Sutton. <laughs> you know, they're not non-league Sutton, you know, they're, they're a professional version of Sutton, I should say. You know, they're just full of rules and regulations, you know, all Tarquins and all that, you know. <laughs> And not an earthy club like Dulwich. No, no, no. It looks Look, like uh, Gavin Rose has gotten playing a really nice style of football as well. He's definitely it? committed really, to the pop passing, aren't they? Yeah, it is proper yeah, football as well. But he can mix it if he wants to. Yeah. It's so weird that we have to. Because this, this division is very open as well. Apart from Maidstone, we're unfortunate with Maidstone because they've come home to their, t- their hometown. They've got a new ground. They were apparently budgeting for about 700 crowds and they're getting 1,500 or more. So they've got all that extra so dogs. Someone said they're 2,200 today, apparently. They may well have done. Yeah. Which will be, when we went there, it was just under 2,000. Yeah. Wow. And apparently, I haven't, I haven't watched it, but we, we, we had a mare now. We, we lost, was it 5 mil or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, we had a chance to pull one back just before half time. Junior caddy missed a penalty, which is really unusual for him. It's part of the fact we lost phone. Apparently they've got YouTube. They've got something like Maidstone TV or something. Oh, YouTube. Right, yeah. <laughs> Apparently you can still hear us all singing in it. And yeah, we, had, yeah, we had about 100 there. And the support here we got is good. Oh, we've just got to G them up. And that's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always been very vocal in the support. Not all the time. You've got, well, G, not all the time, you've got to G them up. Yeah, yeah when I, like, I went through the 90s mostly. But it was always you'd go to away games and Dulwich yeah. would be out singing the other team. You've got to do, that's all, that's, A, that's part of the... You've got to get behind your team. Yeah, yeah. And the players do appreciate it. Yeah, they feed off. You can see at the end of the game today where there was a big chant going out of Gavin Rose's people. And the players came over and they were just waving. It was like properly applauding the crowd. We try and do that at the end of the game. That's, yeah. our, that's our little party place. It helps that I, yeah. I've got a big gob and I've got to keep it going. But that's, <laughs> that's just for years of practice. <laughs> Frankie but Murphy's picking up. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which many moons ago, we, we used to go into a pub quiz up at Crystal Palace. Oh, some, you know, the Crystal Palace Triangle. I'll take their money. And, uh, <laughs> off, and it was just fun. We were rubbish, yeah, yeah. you know. And it was all the okay, yeah, professional quiz teams, and they wanted the money. Isn't it? And we thought, oh, rubbish. We're just going to get pissed, you know. But our team was always Frankie Murphy's Pink and Blue Army, and it start off, and the scores at the end of the first round, blah blah blah. On six points, Frankie Murphy's Pink and Blue Army, and it'd just be our table, our little team going, Frankie Murphy's Pink and Blue Army. <laughs> but of course, as the night wore on, and we did that every round. <laughs> They all started try- joining in. So at the end of the night, yeah. the end of round 10, the final scores are Frankie Murphy's Pink and Blue Arm, and the whole pub will be going, Frankie Murphy's Pink and Blue Arm. <laughs> and that sounds a silly thing to do, but in your subconscious, what you're doing is you're promoting your club. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. those sort of people, they come to games like this, the big games. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully we've got a huge game in a few weeks' time against Maidstone United, which I think is at uh, two weeks Saturday, I think it is. Okay. And um, obviously they're, um, they're up the top with us. Yeah. They've got games in hand. But they, they, they're going to probably bring at least three, four hundred supporters. But they, they might have more than us, or they might have less. 
but we'll try and see them. But what we do, no matter the score, we'll get behind the team. Yeah. And that's once people realise that non-league football's fun. You can come in. You in, you interview me here in the clubhouse. You can't do that at no, Chelsea, no, Tottenham, yeah, yeah. wherever you go. No, yeah, yeah. And the players will come in. Yeah. And the thing is, that, listen, what the players don't understand. I'll go up to him. Hello, mate. Great, great goal, Daniel. Great goal, Earn. And they'll say, oh, thanks very much. But they don't realise I'm a middle-aged man. And I'm not a little kid. It's my hero. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Earn recognised me, you know. Yeah. I mean, there was a time, two or three years ago, we got drawn at home to Oxford United in the FA Youth Cup. Because Gavin always has, we tend to have good runs in the FA Youth Cup. And the um, chairman of Oxford United at the time was a chap called Kelvin Thomas. And he played for Dulwich in the 90s, under oh, the Brent's right. team. Okay. And he came in the bar afterwards. And uh, he's a bit podgy now, you know, you wouldn't recognise him, but he recognised me. And he's gone, um, oh, hello, Michelle, are you nice to see you? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he remembers me. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what these players don't realise. They're our heroes. And Gavin's trying to get it into them. The players love, the, the supporters love you. Go up and acknowledge them. And when they do that, regardless win or lose or whatever, we love it. It makes our, it makes our week when the players acknowledge us. You know, and, that, and that's what football's about. You know, it makes you feel part of the club. Prime example, what everyone loves Gavin as well. Last two years, we've lost in the playoff final. They are chokers. But last year, we lost at Bognor. Well, Bogner, they probably slightly deserved to win it, beat us over the game, but you know, that's what. But at the end, Bogner did the presentations, all their fans, the, I think there's about 2,000 people there, we had about 200 or so from Dulwich at least. But we carried on singing for all the last ends of the game, we're going to show them, we're Dulwich. No matter what, we got the best supporters around. And at the end of the game, we all piled on the pitch, we applauded Bogner, and we all stayed on the pitch. And we started singing, we want Gavin, we want Gavin. And we wouldn't move. And Gavin came out of the changing room. He was in bits. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. He was high. He was fighting back the tears and he was crying. And for supporters, that was so emotional. That means he's one of us. Yeah. That's yeah, how yeah. special non-league football is. So, anyway, I don't know, your podcast covers South London, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, don't bother with your mill walls and your <laughs> you know, I mean... All that, this is not rubbish, but you know what I mean. Come to your <laughs> non league. Come to your non league, exactly, it's proper football. We're joined by Jan, uh, an Altenar supporter in uh, Germany, who writes a fanzine Altenar. Hello, Jan. Hello. Altenar was formed in the same year as Dulwich Hamlet, 1893. That's and right. the clubs have some, uh, you said the clubs have strong links now? I know, they're, they're getting strong and stronger with uh, each visit, mm. I think, yeah. They're very similar to Dulwich Hamlet and they play in the fifth tier, you say, in Germany. Yeah, and I think it's um, the same um, style of football, nearly the same attendance and um, yeah, the, the same surroundings, I think. I think that's the beauty of non-league clubs because there's much more of a community feel isn't it you know you're going to know people much more intimately so just organising things like a supporters team and visits and travel just it becomes a lot easier doesn't it um, yeah I think you have to you go there to enjoy yourself yeah and, and, and feel like home and if you want to feel like home you have to do something that it's like yeah, you home. Have to, yeah exactly and, and yeah. make yourself comfortable yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't say do it for me you have to do it yourself yeah. uh, it's the same with my fanzine I yeah. have to run a fan if I would like a fanzine for Maldonado I have to run a Make fanzine a <laughs> <laughs> otherwise there w- won't be a fanzine <laughs> yeah we've got copies of the fanzine it's uh, beautiful yeah, we'll be done. putting uh, links up on the website uh, for that 
how did you enjoy the game today? Oh, I think it was great. Uh, we, were, we, were busy. we were a bit, a little bit struggling, my girlfriend and me, um, because um, Dalic won the last six matches, and, <laughs> <laughs> and now they had had a few chances to win this as, as well. And don't, they were, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. Okay, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Yeah, really. but he missed some as well. <laughs> yeah, they could have grabbed, grabbed the winner at some point. You're coming back over in March with a supporters team from Altenar to play uh, a match against a supporters team from Dulwich. Well. Yeah, we do. And it's going to be a concert and a few other things. We'll put up links again. Get, to, to get yourself to the Sittingbourne game. Yeah, yeah, it's that yeah. weekend. So it, it's a kind of revenge um, from the from the game last year. Um, a couple of um, Dulwich supporters visited us and we played a um, match in our stadium and I think it was 13 to 8 in, in the end. That was the score? Uh, I think uh, the score won. was, yeah. Um, we won. Ah. So this will be the uh, revenge. 21 goal thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and you were saying this sort of echoes in 1925. There was a match with uh, Dulwich and Altenar, like a friendly match where Edgar Kell, uh, Dulwich's greatest ever player, uh, played. And you were saying for Altenar, there was uh, a legendary player on that side as yeah. well. There, um, there were um, several national players on the pitch, and uh, the most famous from Altenar um, used to be um, Adolf Jäger, and the stadium is named. Um, oh, right. It's, it's called Alofiga Kampfbahn. Yes. I was just oh. having a look on the front of the fanzine, there's a reference out there, so yeah. And similarly, and Dulwich is on the road, isn't it? Yeah. Away, yeah. So we're joined by a uh, scorer of one of Dulwich's goals today, Erhan Ozuma. Yep. Uh, and you play off the striker, don't you? Yeah, just behind the front man. It's a roving role, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more of a free role, you know. But, um, but you put a shift in. That was what I noticed today as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like it seems like you enjoy chasing down defenders and goalkeepers yeah, almost as much as scoring goals because you yeah, just weren't stopping at any point. You know, when you shut down defenders, they make mistakes, and obviously you can capitalise on that and score goals, win games. Which uh, players are you kind of heroes you trying to emulate? Oh, it's got to be Missy. You know, <laughs> you know, I love that guy. He's tremendous. He's yeah, he's broken. It's, starting to, it's getting to the point where it upsets me if anyone says he's not the greatest player of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know does, what I mean? It does upset me. So how long have you been playing for Dulwich? Uh, I came here at the beginning of the season. So it's that six months. So Yeah, yeah you missed the first game because you're I missed for quite, international clearance. Yeah, I yeah. missed quite a few games, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I had to wait for uh, international clearance from Turkey. Oh, you got. Oh, you kind of sound like you're just from London, man. So what's, what's oh, yeah, the situation? Yeah, no, no, yeah, I was born here. I'm, I'm oh, okay. from South East London. All oh, right. Where were yeah. you born? Uh, I was in Greenwich. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm so you were born in London. You moved back to Turkey. Or? No, well, when I was 15, I went to Turkey. Uh, played for three clubs out there. Become professional. Right. And then I just thought, you know, I won't get into um, where I wanted to be. Yeah. So I came back. I know. I know Gav. Yeah, yeah. So I called him up and said, you know, can I come down? He's, he said, it seems to be working out, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. He thought he was doing you a favour, and now you're doing him a favour. <laughs> no, he's doing me a favour as well, hopefully. Well, you're repaying that favour of every game from the sound yeah, of it. So. Yeah, hopefully, uh, well, This is uh, my first Dutch game in years, but uh, just following online, 
you know, heard your name and you hear reports, and you're like, this guy's supposed to and watch it stay. And I okay, so chat going, this guy's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good why, goal, man. That's yeah, the touch really, before yeah, burying yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. It's I although, as good as the goal was, I think my favourite bit was when uh, he did that dummy. He just oh, ran yeah. away from the ball, and it just, he took out three of the two in players with this one move, and I was like, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've got good um, awareness vision. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, you know, because I'm small, I've got to use all of that to, yeah. my, to my advantage. Because everyone, obviously, nowadays they look at height, strength. So I've got to use everything to um, prove that. I'm, well, that's it. Because you know, technically, obviously, you are superb. Yeah, and it is just a you know this. I, it, it, we were talking to Bishop about it. People have an idea about what a footballer looks like. Yeah, and it's not you know. I think you have to look at contribution. What yeah. someone's bringing to the game. That's the. the also, you also got this kind of. There's a little bit of a trend of smaller players. People not taking them more seriously, but some of the best players in the world are small. Like you look at Barcelona, like the best team in the last few years. Yeah, and like there's a lot of players there that aren't huge. No, that's Do you know what I mean? Yeah, say yeah. even like say like someone like Fabregas at Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Suddenly like it's become a bit laughable to just have a team full of like six foot English kind of yeah. people well in the ball up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like in Spain it's a bit different. It's more technical. Mm-hmm. But in England it's you know you look at Stoke. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. cliche. So, yeah. But it does seem like Gavin is building a team around oh, passing oh, football. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main reason I came here. Yeah, you knew I know Gavin. Yeah, yeah, passing and you know obviously it's working. And yeah, we'll keep winning, carry on. You've got a real kind of contingent of fans as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've yeah. some of it's family, yeah, but it's yeah. such a great support. Never seen anything like it before. And yeah. I used to go to Dulwich a lot in the nineties, like when I was a kid, like sort of every week. And it's just like it was such a shock to see. Like <laughs> we sat right behind like your friends and family, you know, supporters. Yeah. Um, but you know the, the sounds, like two two samba drums going on. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, you know songs we never heard before. Yeah. songs that are not in English. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's good. It's but then good. the second half, we sat with uh, we, we were behind the goal with the sort of old guards, okay. uh, fans, and they've obviously got a song about you as well. So yeah, you, it's this thing where you, you're like a folk hero. Everyone's got their own take on what they love about this guy. Yeah. But also, uh, we noticed that. Uh, the songs, your height changes according to how they need the song to write. Yeah. You're five two or five three, depending on what the line before or after needs it to uh, rhyme with. So. Yeah. What, how to are you? Five I'm four. Five man. three. Five, five three. three yeah, yeah well, five three. But yeah, the songs are great. You know. <laughs> it's um, you know, like all my family, friends, they haven't seen me play for four years. Right. When oh, I was in Turkey, yeah. so yeah. they just they try and come down. Um, you know, they get shifts off work and just to come see me, see me play. Right, it's so, great. Yeah, it's great, great support. And you're you're a Galatasaray fan. Yeah, in, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you get a call from Galatasaray, yeah, <laughs> uh, <I> don't know. <laughs> did, did you who did you support growing up in? Do you have a, an English sort of league team? Um, I th- I've never supported an English really? team. Yeah, I've just no. been a Galatasaray fan. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm guessing uh, you probably. Grew up, well, you know, you would have grown up around the time when Galatasaray were just beating Man United. So yeah, it, was, yeah. it wasn't a bad time to be growing yeah. up as a Galatasaray yeah. fan. I remember them games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like my youth was at Cholton Athletic, so oh right. So I did like support Cholton. Yeah, bit, but keep an eye out for their yeah, you may ask her how, how old you are? I'm 21. 21, okay. So, is there anyone you are playing with at Charlton who's now kind of. Oh, yeah, come uh, through? there's a John Joe Shelby at Liverpool. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. right, cool. Cole, Cole, Cole Jenkinson for Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal as well, okay. Yeah, there's quite a few, you know, they've moved on, they're doing really good, so. Uh, Please for them. The match finished Dulwich Hamlet 2, 2 in the Mitchum United 2. Did you think it was a good game, Steve? I thought it was brilliant, mate. I really enjoyed it. Much better as a game of football 
than I expect it to be. You have an idea about non-league football that you're sort of taught that it's just going to be not very good. Very agricultural. Yeah, just yeah. basic. I mean, as a West Ham fan, you're probably used to that as well. <laughs> not historically. There's the more thing. Tottenham than West Ham. Yeah, maybe we should leave our East London and uh, North London teams out of the equation altogether. Although I do feel I could uh, direct people to my blog, you'll win nothing with yids.com or and tweet at me at yids just because it's uh, my rare chance for me to plug my football blog, Steve. Jack will be sharing his thoughts on uh, Tottenham's corrupt transfer practices at some point in an extended blog. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so Dulwich took the lead uh, through uh, Hotsuma. Uh, it was a good goal, wasn't it? That was a really good goal. It was a fast break down the left. I'm not sure who the player was, but it came in the middle and uh, Danny Carr knocked it through to... Broke two. to him. Yeah. And, uh, but lovely shape to the shot, yeah, wasn't it? He, Much he nicer shape to the shot that it had well. to be as well. He took a, took a touch to just completely take the keeper out of the game, I think. Yeah. And then uh, buried it. Good, very good goal. You were impressed with him, Steve, throughout. Yeah, brilliant. Just, uh, you know, technique. And uh, what really impressed me was... Uh, the work rate, just like constantly harrying and hustling uh, defenders and chasing down the goalkeeper and just trying to close down space all the time. Great technique, but also just awareness as well. As I say there's a bit where he just dropped his shoulder uh, to do a dummy and just brought in a player, took out like two uh, two midfielders. Brilliant, yeah. really, really good. We interviewed him after the game, so yeah. that's coming up shortly. I thought two in's equaliser was. Uh, Arguably against their run of play, but also debatable, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. They uh, had a free kick on the edge of the area, like literally on the line. And I mean, it was a case of a non foul, but in the area. And it was one of those referees. I mean, I've been a non league referee. Um, you can see why taking the easy, out, the easy way out is. Uh... Before that, there'd been an incident in the sort of uh, centre of the pitch where he blew up, then realised it wasn't a foul. So they gave a drop ball, which was contested. And any time you see a contested drop ball, it basically means the referee's made a mistake in it. Yeah. If he's had to stop the game and restart and he doesn't know who's supposed to have possession, then he's just made a, a blunder. And I think if that he hadn't done one drop ball already, that one near Jerry would have been a drop ball. That would have been how he... But I think he thought, I can't constantly... It turns it into uh, like hockey or something, but you can't have bully off every time I make a mistake. So he's like, I'll call this one a free kick, even though it's not really. I mean, also the fact that at the end of the first half, uh, the Dulwich player number two, that is Luke Hickey, like the Yul Brynner looking bloke. <laughs> yeah, could say, yeah. yeah, Luke Hickey uh, went in late on someone, and then also with his other leg kicked him, and the two in player smacked him on the back of the head. Yeah, um, and he just blew for half time. <laughs> 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 but to be fair to, to Dominic Vos scored a very good free kick didn't he curled it around the wall yeah it was well worked wasn't it it was uh, just a, a, a really simple setup where the wall's there knock it to the right steer it a little more to the right and slot it into the corner it was, it, it was nicely done and then minutes later I think it's worth noting as well though that Dudley had 10 men on the, the pitch at the time as yeah. well yeah three minutes later they scored a, a free kick in a similar position this time uh, with Dudley having 11 players on the pitch which sort of negates my point a little bit but yeah, Xavier Vidal, who's making his debut, did make a bit. He, well, he played played himself into trouble, didn't he? Poor pass, yeah. and then fouled someone yeah. uh, to give away the free kick. And uh, it well, didn't go directly in from the free kick, but you know, no, again, they sort of knocked it wide, done. shifted it round, and the, uh, I think at that point the keeper parried it, but uh, someone was there to sweep it up. Second half, we uh, came down from the stands, didn't we? Um, sitting behind the Turkish contingent. Uh, went behind the goal with a rabble 
<laughs> as they uh, call themselves. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were perfectly placed to see Danny Karzik Plaza, weren't we? Yeah, he was just running straight out of us, wasn't he? Yeah, it, it was great. great. And I was like, first time. You <laughs> testified to that, Steve. He hit it first time. Bottom corner. Well, we've got it on record, haven't we? So uh, I'm sure if the footage yeah. exists, you can. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, it's a two in a bit lucky, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I think Dulwich looked uh, the better team throughout. First ever uh, Dulwich two-in game I've ever been to. I mean, in the nine, entirety of the 90s, when it was really when I went, um, two-in were down in division. Dulwich didn't play him at all. So, you know, I was sort of aware of this rivalry. It was all, you know, never never saw him play. It's all theoretical. Yeah. Um, I rarely go to football matches, but I've been to enough to know that when you're there and someone behind you in the crowd particularly at a non-league club where there's not a huge crowd someone should start shouting Oi Keeper Oi Keeper it's not going to end well it's just going to be something horrible that makes you regret getting up that this morning and makes you lose hope for humanity um, and that happened while we were standing behind the tooting keeper and I, just, I was just like this is going to be terrible um, but the fellow behind us shouted to the tooting keeper that He'd heard the tooting keeper had a loan from Wonga with a typical APR of 1,125% and he was struggling with repayments, which is so much more effective than just minus abuse because the keeper seemed shaken by this. He knew it he wasn't was, true. Yeah, he, was he was aware of his finances, but he was amused like... Amused and baffled. Yeah, just so. like really um, got to it. And then shortly afterwards, the same fella uh, told the tooting uh, keeper that he'd heard he'd written his autobiography but that no one was going to publish it and it was only ever going to be an e-book. Yeah, and it was such a higher calibre of it did uh, abuse. You, didn't it, Steve? Yeah, it was great. Great fun. And then uh, a few days later, listening to... I'd like to say I did some detective work, but it, la- it landed in my yeah, lap, the, listening to the most popular football podcast going, Football yeah. Weekly, with uh, James Richardson. Paul McInnes is on there. Mentioned he went Dulwich to it, didn't he? Yeah. So I thought I'd go on, his t- uh, go on to Twitter and uh, ask him if he heard uh, this fellow with... Uh, these odd heckles and uh, a quick perusal of his Twitter feed revealed he had heard them because he'd said them yeah extraordinary yeah it's well, great. we're both Paul McKinnis fans aren't we so he'd definitely RT uh, retweet our, uh, <laughs> our episode on <laughs> the listenership <laughs> now joined by my father, Jack McEnroy Sr., who uh, edits the Hamlet Historian, what do you call it, a fanzine or a magazine, Dad? Magazine. Occasional magazine. Uh, the Hamlethistorian.blogspot.com. And if you want to read about Dulwich playing friendlies against international teams in, yes, you know, years ago. People seem to enjoy it, don't they? Um, the, well, there's a lot of people at Dulwich who don't... Um, look at the internet a lot of older people and I think they, they, they get a lot of fun out of it but the younger people as well you know and people like to pick up as Steve knows you know working in a comic shop people like to have something in their hands oh, there's, enough, there's not so many pictures um, but yeah they're reading stuff uh, but not so much is on, on the, the website no but people can get a taste of that can't they and then Every few months, they might see you selling it out of the grounds. And well, we've had one of your articles on our blog for a while, haven't we? About Edgar Kell's school days. Yeah, we'll gets... send another link out on our Twitter account. Yeah. On this yeah. I mean, yeah, the, for me, the, the, I don't really care who reads it. 
yeah, I, I, the fun is putting it all together, you know, doing all the research and um, and, um, and and putting it out there. Yeah, it, I, I'll, I'll get more out of it than anyone, obviously. Yeah, um, and I, I've, I've found out so much stuff as well. You know, like when 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 I first started supporting the club, I'd never heard of any of these people. Edgar yeah. Kale. There was no Edgar Kale way. Um, Hussein Agassi, um never mentioned anywhere. And even after I'd been supporting the club for you know, uh, 15 years, no mention ever of Hussein Agassi. And then I, I started to look into him and I found out a little bit of... Uh, how good he was and um, I did I did a I put together a, a file on the 1911-12 season and I thought well what actually happened when this guy left Dulwich so I, I, I got in touch with the Egyptian consul in London I said I said can you give me um, the address for the Egyptian FA because I want to get in touch with them find out about a footballer a little known footballer from England who went back to Egypt, um, where he came from. And uh, the guy said, uh, what, what's the footballer's name? So I said, oh, you wouldn't have heard of him, Hossein Aghazi. And this guy says, Hossein Aghazi is one of our greatest ever players. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why don't people know this? You know, this guy played for Dulwich Hamlet for three years. He's one of the greatest um, footballers Egypt's ever produced, instrumental in setting up like the international team, Instrumental in in the um, the rivalry between the two top sides, um, Morocco. No, Alaki uh, oh, and um, Zamalek. Yeah, the two t- Cairo sides. Because he played he played for one, then he switched allegiance. He, he played for the other Zamalek, and then all the fans left one club and went to the <laughs> other club because they were following him. And then he went back, and the fans met, and and in the end, uh, I mean, there's the, probably the one of the fiercest rival. Rivalries in football, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it so, so, one, so yeah, looked looked into all these things. It would have been one of the early uh, African players in Britain as well. Can't imagine there were many before. No, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think P- Millwall picked up on this. Uh, Millwall did uh, a thing um, about black players. Oh, there's a thing uh, at the Cumin Museum that time, wasn't there? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, we're going back. We're going back to the nineties when, when I was finding all this out for myself, and and. Uh, more or less simultaneously, Millwall were doing the thing. Look, we're not we're not the racist people portray us as. Yeah, in fact, we've had lots of black <laughs> players. Yeah, some of our, some of our best players are black. <laughs> and um, and one of the one of the the, the people they they chose was um, this guy in, in a photograph from the nineteen twelve team, stuck at the back in a suit, not kitted out like everyone else. And, and with his hat pulled down, whereas this this black guy, the or um, African guy, uh, called Hussein Gazi, and and basically he played twice for Millwall reserves. Right, and they're uh, trying to claim <laughs> he, he, he part of history. But <laughs> but it, yeah, the the guy, I think the guy, um, I can't remember the fella's name now. He, he was like uh, Millwall, um, one of the directors, who put this this uh, piece together. He um, he got in touch with me, and we were sort of had, had some emails um, between us, and I ended up getting my name in the um, in the Millwall program um, about it. You know, um, I can't remember if it was Hamlet Story by then. I don't think so. It was a long time ago. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. 
So if we go back to uh, 1893 when Dulwich was formed, which is kind of the time when a lot of the clubs that we, you know, that are still around in Britain were formed. I mean, yeah, that was the 12 years before Chelsea, for example, but 11 years after Tottenham, just to contextualise it. It's 1888, you get the formation of the Football League, isn't it? And then there's a sort of huge growth in football over the next sort of five to ten years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, football began really in the public schools, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, your rugby's and your Harrow and your Westminster uh, and places like that, and that that they were all playing together. Um, and it was a lot of public schoolboys, but then yeah, by 1888, the working class people had sort of got hold of it and, and turned it into and yeah, turned it into the professional game that it is. So on the one hand, you had the amateur game; on the other hand, um, yeah, professionals. And I did a piece. Um, uh, so ago about you know shamateurism you know boot money and it was happening way back then yeah you get a job as a groundsman at the football club but yeah you're not not actually having a rake are you oh really yeah they do things like yeah so paying people in like you know or the you know your owner will be up in Lancashire the the, the, uh, chairman of the football club owns a local mill you're on the books for the mill but Mm -hmm. no one's actually expecting you to turn up and do a shift uh-huh. Yeah, because they always, they always go on about, or in the article, saying how squeaky clean Dulwich were, and they were, you know. Um, Tommy Jover, for instance, he, he used to say um, that when he filled out his expenses form, yeah, and he was a Dulwich player from the 30s to the 50s, it, it was expected of him to put nil. Yeah. Yeah, whether, whether he paid out um, you know, bus fares or train fares or hotel fare, fees or whatever. So there's the public schools... And one of one one of these I mentioned was Westminster, and who were known as the Pinks at the time. Oh, they uh, have they, pink and brown uniform, don't they? Didn't you? You end up. You and Luke end up there once when you were going yeah, to look at Luke's school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, Luke, um, uh, we were taking him to Westminster City Boys School, but um, we was misdirected. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up in Westminster School, <laughs> at the back of Westminster Abbey, and you know, walking down this corridor with all these sort of paintings going back hundreds of years and head teachers <laughs> I'm thinking we're in the wrong school and, uh, and, and we were <laughs> but um, but that's where Dulwich get the the colour pink from because one, one of um, one of the very early players was a Westminster player who played for the pinks and you know, a notable player of, of his time um, don't ask me his name I can't think of his name at the moment no, just, no, talking, about just talking about you. <laughs> I like. So you had all the all these clubs from like the eighteen sixties and seventies. Tons and tons of clubs, and uh, yeah, I think Dulwich came quite late, really, eighteen ninety three. Although, as Jack says, you know, other clubs came. came yeah, well, the thing is, in the non-league, um, you know, you playing clubs that are not nearly as old as Dulwich, wouldn't you? Plus, you got clubs that merged and that kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. But I guess yeah, it's uh, yeah. relative, isn't it? But 1893, um, that was a good year. Um, don't ask me what one and eight pence could buy you, one shilling and eight pence uh, back then. But that's how much um, the uh, a couple of boys gave to, to Pa Wilson, the founder of the club. They said, look, here's, here's, here's our loose change, can you yeah. start a football club? <laughs> and uh, one and eight in today's money is less than 10p but obviously it would be several pounds I imagine. Um, 
one guy was called Teddy Booker and the other one was uh, James Ross Williams that's Kezia dropping the sandwich spread on <laughs> but yeah Dulwich Hamlet school did it come from then Dulwich Hamlet yeah the the the, um, the school um, dates back to the 1860s 1870s maybe and um, it's the school in the village, the elementary school in the uh, village. And then what you've got to remember in those days, you um, you, you went to school, uh, to the same school from like five till you were like 14, then you left, you was more or less at the same school. And, uh, so would the initial team have been old boys from the school? Yeah, been, uh... yeah, the two, the, two, the two boys would have been about 14, yeah. school leaving age. And I basically said to Paul Wilson, you know, can you, can you start a club? Us. Paul Wilson, he was uh, a regular visitor at the school. He, he ran a gymnasium class there. Um, he ran a Bible class there, funny enough. And um, and he was a chartered accountant as well. Or a, mm. a, a, is it called a Draper's Hall accountant? I don't know. But he, he, this guy, he's, you know, uh, he's in his 20s and he... he Came down. Is it his twenty? He was in he his twenty. Silly moustache and the hat. Silly moustache. Yeah, but he looks ridiculous. I suppose if the if, if the kid the kids are giving him money of fourteen, then he is Pa Wilson. And he's twenty. He's twenty four. He's old man Wilson. No, I don't know. He was, he was born. <laughs> pa Wilson, Lorraine Wilson, was born. Are in... There are other instances of men called Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was named. He was named after the um, Alsace Lorraine. Oh, okay, the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah was it Switzerland? Uh, well, it's France, France, German borders. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, it's where um, Arsene Wenger's from. Oh right. So so he came from Manchester, a place called Fallowfield, and um, when he was thirteen, he came down to to go to Dulwich College, and he was at Dulwich College uh, studying for a, a couple of years. Then then he then he went out to Switzerland to Lausanne. Oh yeah, I think, yeah. And he and that's where. He, and he was he was with some chartered accountants as well for a while, and he ended up with Drapers Hall accountant. But um, you'll have to look up Drapers Hall accountants. I'm not really sure what that yeah. means. I thought you would have known that. Steve. No, I've never. Um, it's interesting. It's it's a sort of your, uh, so 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 1865. So in 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 1893, it would be our old 28. Yeah, 1865, yeah. 1893. Yeah, so he's 28 when he when he sort of starts the club with these young fellas and he says to he says to the fellas well okay I'm happy uh, we'll have a we'll have a meeting so they managed to get 60 old boys or you know probably kids in their last year or people who have left uh, they, they meet up in um, in Dulwich 60 old guys these these fellas turn up and they and they start a, a club not just a football club but there's like swimming cricket all, all sorts of things. Yeah, it's a sports yeah. club generally. Sports club. Yeah. Guns, martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, that's on the 31st of January, 1893. Almost immediately, it would seem, they start playing games against other teams. So they get a football team together and they start playing games and and they lose them all. So, so going through till April, May, they lose all the games. I'm not really sure how many they play, but it's down in the records. The first season was awful; they lose all the games. Then they they join a proper league. Yeah, you, one assumes they would have all been friendlies. Yeah, they join a proper league, 
and um, and we've actually got the fixture list some, somewhere in here. I can't remember where. Is that uh, the Isthmian League? No, no, not the Isthmian League. Um, I've got I've got uh, twenty four issues of the Hamlet historian in front of me, <laughs> and in one of those issues, we've got the fixture list with the, with the scores. Uh, for the very first season, um, yeah, full season. And how did they do? 1893, 1894. All right. table? All right. I'm not really, not really sure. It doesn't actually give out the, 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 the table. In the early days, the the, um, the the playing uniform was, or kit, was, um, was a white shirt, which would ba- basically mean any any abject would, would be able to find a white shirt yeah, from yeah. somewhere, you know, the one their dad's old shirts, <laughs> or um, you know, perhaps they could buy buy one. But um, but within a short space of time, the next season probably they they started to wear pink and blue. And the, I my theory is that this guy who played for Westminster was able to secure an old set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like Juventus. It's happens. With yeah, Juventus play in black and white because they were given Notts County shirts. I think. It? I mean, I think there's a Tottenham Preston North End link as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but pink would have been quite, yeah, quite a unique colour, isn't it? Yeah, a handful absolutely. of um, clubs were playing yeah. pink. Strangely enough, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland were playing with, with the old pink um, hoops. Um, oh, okay. And. Um, Corinthian Casuals eventually played in in, in, in um, pink and brown. What did it wear now? Pink and brown. Pink and or? pink and brown. Yeah. Oh, right. Although so they were playing, we, we played that. We're we're playing oh, them yeah. tomorrow night in the cup, Corinthian Casuals, and we pl- we played. Don't them. turn up tomorrow because when this podcast comes, <laughs> <laughs> it will also be history. <laughs> on um, on Saturday, we um, played Corinthian Casuals that was in at league, our place yeah. in the league, and they wore blue. So we were wearing blue and pink, and they were wearing all blue. And I'm, I was thinking, well, as it, you know, what, um, when it gets a bit darker and the lights come on, what, uh, how's this going to affect the referee's sight? Well, at the Tooting game, it looked like, from what I'd seen, their kit, their colours traditionally were black and white, and they were wearing blue shirts. And I was like, if you've got bl- if you, if black and white's your kit, yeah, and your player really really plays in pink and blue, around with red and black the They seem well. to have about seven different colours. All the colours yeah, are everything, weird. they? We'll let yeah. you have pink. We'll have the rest mm-hmm. of the yeah. rainbow. So how do we skip forward from that to the twenties? We don't. We just carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we go season by season uh, until we get to now, and then we stop. Within a short space of time, uh, six or seven years, that Dulwich have, have skipped through the d- divisions. You know, the Campbell League and Dulwich League and Southern Suburban League. I, I, I can't think of them all, and. Um, they eventually end up in the Isthmian League. The Isthmian League started in the early 1900s. Um, then there was like an amateur crisis, and, um, and some some of the teams left left uh, the Isthmian League, and Dulwich filled the gap. Uh, in 1907, Dulwich joined the Isthmian League, and have remained there ever since. Um, We've been in the um, Isthmian Premier Division, or the Isthmian First Division South, as it's known now. Never been promoted any higher, and yet 
for many, many years, decades, it was a step below the fourth division. Of course, you know, yeah. professional yeah. Games. Oh, yeah. You, the you could be elected into into the fourth division, but Dunnies never ever went for it. Other teams did and, and got in. You know, Wimbledon and so on. Um, Dunnies could have Wigan, done. Wigan, I guess, are the northern equivalent at some point number four. Yeah, we're now in the Premier League. Yeah, teams like um, Accrington Stanley, yeah, when, when they Who went they? out. <laughs> Accrington Stanley. Um, someone had to take their place, and so they would choose from from the three or four divisions, um, you know, the Northern League and the Southern League, the Isthmian League. They would they would elect one to go up, and um, that is never ever fancied it. You know, they wanted to remain amateur. Why? Is there a point? Could Dunwich, I mean, an alternate history, be a league club? No. Without a doubt. By 1931, uh, Dulwich had, had got so strong and, and you know, were attracting such vast crowds that they had to build a new ground. And um, they built this ground that was the envy of many league clubs. Uh, you know, a lot of league clubs out of. You know, vastly inferior ground to Dulwich Amherst and um, you know it, it could hold between 20 and 30,000 fans well that's the thing ground, it would have been there are grounds now that, that can't hold yeah, yeah I remember really. going to uh, the old Chapin Hill when, did, when, did the, when was the new one built in the early 90s yeah so I would have been probably like 8 by that point so my memory of it is very vague but it's like a huge football stadium Whereas yeah. the current one is just not non-league stadiums are so different. Yeah, you know, you go in and you walk around and then maybe you sit down. But yeah. it's terraces and you know the whole thing was there's no walking yeah. around area. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, an enormous edifice, and they had a they had a scheme, you know, a turf scheme. Yeah, you pay everyone pays a footprint and you buy a piece yeah. of turf. Yeah, then, yeah, 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 you're you're put into walls, and um, within a short space of time, well, I say a short space of time, it's probably three or four years from when it got going. The turf scheme, they they got all this money and and boom they they built um, the new ground where it is now, which was literally next door to the old ground. Yeah. So I don't know if you know um, where the sevens astroturf pitches are. Yeah. That's where the the old ground was. Right. The old Freeman's ground, and this just moved onto 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 the grass. Because yeah, it was a, it was a, it was all fields. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. As you're saying, when they, when the building stadium, it would have been a suburban area. So it would have been so much space yeah. to build onto, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have been? And that's the thing when you had like, look like Tuscany. <laughs> yeah. The other other sort of uh, clubs a bit more central wouldn't have had would have been a bit more involved in the urban sprawl and couldn't really extend in the same sort of yeah. way. We mentioned previously in the uh, which Olympics was it where they used Champion Hill. It's one of the football uh, stadiums. Yeah, oh, so I mean, go back to that episode if you want to hear more about the ground. Very little more. Was <laughs> yeah. it North Korea in Mexico? Maybe. Yeah. But it got a, a big. It did have a huge crowd, didn't but, it? But but the um, when Brazil came over um, in the fifties to play England, that's where Brazil trained. Right. And there are photographs of uh, oh, right. guys kicking the ball about. <laughs> <laughs> They first won the Amateur Cup, which was the biggest trophy on offer. This is the equivalent to the FA Cup. They won it in 1920. Um, 
Edgar Cow scored the winning winning goal. The young Edgar Cow, nineteen years old, I think he was twenty. Um, and then Edgar Cow was still playing for him in nineteen thirty two when they won it again. Um, they beat um, Marine Liverpool team seven one. It was like the record score. It was at West Ham and it was in the mud. And so when you see players at the end go, they're all covered in mud. And then they won it again in 34 and in 1937. Um, so, what's that? Uh, three times in five, six years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were they were the, the, the top side. But then the war came. Ruined everything. It, it did. It did that Italy who's got a lot to answer for <laughs> because the club never really recovered and what I was saying earlier about uh, amateurism um, all these other non-league sides these am- supposedly amateur clubs teams like Hendon and Enfield um, they were they were paying their players and it was all really quite open yeah yeah. and, um, and Dulwich wouldn't Dulwich, Dulwich um, there's famous uh, game where they were playing a cup final at Arsenal and uh, I think it was the London Senior Cup and um, this guy walks into the dressing room like the, the, the chairman of the club and he throws all these pairs of socks brand new socks onto the table and um, and all the players go to dive for them to, to get a brand new pair of socks and he says look you're going to have to pay for those and they all started putting them back. <laughs> so, right. yeah, it's, 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 it's tragic, isn't it? So, but that was a bit of a mistake on his part. Rather than get a head count on who needs socks, he just bought you know X amount of socks and went, they'll probably buy them off me. Yeah. So no one did. It's, it's incredible. Socks, yeah, they, they, yeah, this is this is the team that has reached the final of the yeah. cup, and they're, they're not even given new socks. So they all put the socks back, and and then there's a picture of them there. Like, yeah, they were. It's sort of a rag bag of, <laughs> of kit. And now you've got Dulwich uh, top of the league and they're going around with a bucket to pay the players. So uh, <laughs> something's never changed. What's that? That's the 12th, the 12th man. man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good scheme, actually. Paid yeah. for Danny Carr, apparently, didn't it? Yeah. So it's working. Yeah. I think they're hoping to get something like £50 a week. Yeah. They yeah. did say they got 50 last week. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they, they, that's the way I look at it. Well, I remember when they, they introduced those uh, the mugs with the fixtures on. Yeah. I thought, well, seeing it's so cheap to get on the ground, I'd buy a mug every time I come. After about six games, I'd bought six mugs, you know, three pound each. Um, I thought this time I'd put some money in, in the bucket just yeah, to, yeah. yeah. Just because you run that space in the cupboard, don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are sick to death of them. Drinking out of a Dulwich mug. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. I've got four now. This is outrageous. So in that time, in the tw- uh, was it the twenties or the thirties when Edgar Cale and uh, the goalkeeper played for England, the full England team? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, Cale, Edgar Cale um, was like a schoolboy international. He was a brilliant, brilliant footballer and athlete. He, he, he was he was um, good at running. I remember his, his name shows up in in the South London presses and in the schools races very early on when he was eleven, twelve, thirteen. Then he got to be this brilliant footballer. Um, was playing for um, all the local teams, and then the war took off. The war started. Um, 14, yeah, the fourteen eighteen war, and it's funny because he was. Um, I've got to get this right. He was he was keeping score for the cricket team. 
Because Dolly Chamnit Cricket Team. Dolly Chamnit Cricket Club, yeah. Because you know, in the summer months they would just take off their football togs, put on their cricket the whites, yeah. and it would be the same. But and Edgar Cale was there keeping keeping score uh, with a scorecard. Who were they playing? They were playing some army team um, in Caterham. I can't remember the team. And the bugle sounds marking. Yeah, war has just started. So all the all the um, the uh, the army team all run off and, and get into the uniform. And, <laughs> and what's going on here? Well, Bold war's out. just started. <laughs> And so during we've the war, during the war, during the war, during the war, I shouldn't be laughing. During the war, 22 Dulwich Hamlet um, players and staff lost their lives in, in the war. Um, everyone, huh? Eh? That not everybody. No, no, no. Over time, so so players, former players. Oh right, okay. And also staff as well. Yeah, it wouldn't have been. You know. Yeah, and and some people who, who played for the cricket team, um, and perhaps weren't prominent footballers. Yeah, they're included amongst those those uh, twenty two. Um, but while while that's all taking place, people still need to see football. And, yeah. And and some of the soldiers um, services um, teams needed people to play against so Champion Hill was left open um, the football the football pitch parts of it was, was used for, for um, the army training purposes parts of it was used as a stable um, you know the horses were tethered up around the railings and uh, you know um, part of the um, you know the, the grounds was used like as a harness room but Edgar Cale, fourteen-year-old, got together. It seems, it seems like it's his own initiative. Got together a group of friends, and they painted the lines around the pitch. They washed, scrubbed out the um, dressing rooms, and, and cleaned out the baths, and um, yeah, sorted the nets out. They 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 looked after the place. Right. And he was more or less in charge of this team, Edgar Cowell. Yeah, he sort of um, got all these. Mm-hmm. So it was a couple of fourteen-year-olds that came up with the idea of, of, of founding the club, and then a fourteen-year-old sort of like revitalises yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, um, uh, so I've sort of noticed that myself. Um, but uh, that's important, I think. In not yeah. like non-league football, isn't it? It's about passion. It's about it's a bit like I want to play football, and if it means I've got to paint the. the I think like, I talked about it once before. Being like Matt Busby, yeah, you know, Busby Babes. Well, he had two lots of Busby Babes. Yeah. He might have even had three lots. You know, it, it, there's certain people who can who are able to deal with teenagers and get the best out of them. And well, Ferguson did it, didn't he, as well, with, with, with your Beckhams and Skulls and that. Yeah. Um, and Paul Wilson, and me, he was he was one of these guys. And and, and he was there. And he, he made sure that, that the ground... Uh, was always open for football, and people would go there on 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 Saturdays and watch these young teenagers. Um, yeah, Edgar Cowell, but yeah, as the war's progressing, he's big, he's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and so on, uh, and all all these guys playing against service teams. These guys are, are coming back from from the front, right? They're coming back, um, and they 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 can't wait to have a game of football. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, there's a ready-made team from the play. So, um, in that time, Edgar Cale, he, 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 he picks up um, an in, a couple of England schoolboy caps. He, he goes play, he plays against Wales in Cardiff. 
he plays against Scotland. I think he scored a hat trick uh, against Scotland. It playing on Wolves ground, Joe Mullingham. And when you when you read about him, yes, yes, just fab. He sounds like a fabulous player. You know, add everything. You know, vision, um, awareness. Yeah, he could he, he, he could uh, yeah put a ball anywhere. You know, um, he had a powerful shot. He could dribble, beat players, go around them. You know, he was just a fantastic player. And so the war finishes. You've still got all the, these young players, plus the guys, the experienced ones who have coming back from the war. And so you've got a great mixture of youth and experience. And they, they go out in that first season back after the war, the first proper season. Um, and uh, and they go and win everything in sight. They win the Amateur Cup, they win the Yesmian League, the Surrey Senior Cup, I think it's the London Charity Cup. You know, four trophies. Yeah. I say four trophies. The three trophies plus the Isthmian League. Because yeah, the Isthmian yeah. League, there wasn't a trophy and there wasn't medals. The, 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 um, uh, it was honour suffices. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, this guy, he, he was brilliant. And he, he, he's got a ton of goals. And then, you know, he, he just gets better and better. And, and he... he there was like an inside trio like um, the centre forward was Bill Davis on the other side you had um, Nickel and Kale these three guys they scored in, in a couple of years they scored hundreds of goals yeah. between them. hundreds and it must uh, be great though to watch Edgar Kale like he starts playing at 14 just because there's no one else around and he's sort of like he's sort of like well, when the guys come back from the war he's not gonna but he just gets better and better and better until he's like you yeah. know a key part of the team he, he's undroppable and then suddenly he's like Oh, he's actually brilliant. He yeah. is actually brilliant. See, we, we were saying earlier about a guy, um, Herbert Coleman. Um, I call Ernest, him Tim. I call Ernest him Tim. Herbert <laughs> Coleman, often known as um, Tim, E.H. Coleman. He um, he picks up an England amateur cap, so um, several, and then he's picked for the full England team. And he, he plays in the full England team. And Kale, Edgar Kale. In 1929, some years later, about eight, seven or eight years later, he plays three games uh, for England on, on a tour, a short tour of the continent. And in one of the games, they get beaten for the very first time on foreign soil by Spain. Um, and and Kale, after that, he's, he's, he's a, um, a reserve a few times, but he never plays for England again. And he's now like the last player with an amateur club ever to play for England. I think Bernard Joy. Bernard, yeah, he, no, he, no, he not was changed, will be as well. Yeah, yeah Bernard Joy uh, played for England after, but he was at Arsenal. Right. And so I don't really count, does he? He was an amateur at Arsenal. Yeah. But they weren't an amateur club, were they? Yeah, that's no, the thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. As we all know, yeah. in 1990. Because there's a blue plaque. They bribed the way to the league. There's a blue plaque um, outside the Dulwich ground, and it, say, it more or less says Edgar Cowell, the last amateur to play for England. It's not strictly true, but no. In what we actually got that that uh, put up, um, you know, we, we by we, dubious means. No, not by dubious <laughs> means. <laughs> Yeah, got, it was a um, vote to public vote, didn't it? It went so. to public vote, and we got loads and loads of votes. You know, the fact that we yeah. went to Bob Dylan's message anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's the thing, like, Edgar Cowell, you were saying uh, on Twitter the other day, with Edgar Cowell Way, 
they didn't want the Peckham Society didn't want the street to be named after it. <laughs> yeah, the Peckham Society. Yeah, they they um, there was no name for the road, and they they noticed that. And um, a guy called John Beasley, and he thought Sport Road that would be quite fitting. There's you know lots, of sports, sport there, right? there's oh, lots right. of sports happening around yeah. here. And we said, uh, behave. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we, we uh, asked for Edgar Cowway, and um, within a short space of time, it became Edgar Cowway. Tessa Jow, um, MP for Dulwich and West Norwood, she, um, well known now for the Olympic, uh, London Olympics. Well, she's been prominent in Parliament for a few years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she, so. um, she opened it. Oh, OK. So we went down there, and they put, like, a, a shirt over the top of Edgar Cowway, we lifted her up onto the fence, onto the railings. <laughs> we had to sort of put, uh, pull this... Um, shirt down. Yeah, shirt down and um, Edgar Cowway. And then um, and then we had the blue plaque, uh, Southwark blue plaque. So that that was, to me, that was a great thrill, you know, getting oh, both of yeah. those things done. Well, like you say with Hussein Aghazi, where people have never heard of him, it's, even if people are not interested in uh, football, it's never going to be the case that people haven't heard of Edgar Cowway, is it? Yeah, because they've gone their way to Sainsbury's. They see the sign. Mm. You know, what I mean? it's on the map, isn't it? But Agassi, um yeah, you mentioned Hassan Agassi. To me, he was always he must have been without a doubt Edgar Cowell's idol, because because uh, Edgar Cowell, he's eleven in nineteen eleven, right? When um, and he obviously supported Dulwich. Um, yeah. He only lived up the road in Lordship Lane, and um, and this guy comes along, this Egyptian. Quicksilver player, wonderful player, and all those things I said about uh, Kale can be said about Agassi. They're, they're, they're like carbon copies, yeah. and 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 I get the impression that Edgar Kale like modelled himself on this 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 uh, live, you know, small Egyptian guy. And I, I often say about you know, I can imagine Edgar Kale with some sort of football. Um, he probably had a ball. Uh, you know, they weren't that poor. And you know, kicking the ball up the street, you know, uh, up on his way home from the game, you know, around the lamppost, you know, it's a gazzy to. Um, but it's nice that the street you would kick the ball. It's Eddie Cowway now, isn't it? This is the yeah. thing, you know. That's, uh, yeah, but but um, yeah, Gazzy was this brilliant player. And he was he was at Dulwich for three years before the First World War. What's amazing is he goes back to Egypt, and and he gets all these. You know, he's so influential in the Egyptian game. So much so that he gets a road in Cairo named after him. <laughs> so in Cairo, you've got Hussein Agassi Street, <laughs> even today. Fantastic. Yeah, if you type if you type in Hussein Agassi Street on Google, dozens of things have come up. Yeah. Um, street view. So he, he, and that, that, that happened decades before Edgar Cowell. So yeah, there we were, thinking, oh, Dali Hamlet player's got a street <laughs> named after him, Edgar Cowell Way. And, well, actually, you know, decades ago, this guy, <laughs> a Saint Agassi Street. So, how long ago is it that the uh, stand was renamed the Tom Jover stand, Tommy Jover? Soon after he died, he died. Um, he died a couple of years back. Um, was it him that provided the shirt for the that became the Toff shirt? No. Who was that? That was um, Ernie Tozer. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom, Tommy Jover. He he played for the club in the nineteen thirties, and um, he ended up being the president of the club 
for a number of years. And he passed away, um, he passed away when, about three years ago, three or four years ago. And, um, and soon after, they decided to call the stand the Tommy Jova stand. I think mean, that's in keeping with a lot of clubs. A lot of clubs, yes, clubs yeah. tend to do that. Well, Alex Ferguson stand in the, is the most recent in the top flight. Yeah. I didn't even know he died. <laughs> <laughs> so you started going in the 80s, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to support Liverpool, funnily enough. Whenever they came to London, I, I, I'd go and watch them. And, um, and, but there was so much violence. And I just saw one too many people having their heads kicked in. And I'd just got married. And I thought, yeah, what, what am I putting myself in danger for? You know, well, so it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? And as an adult supporting the best team in the country that are from <laughs> 200 miles away. <laughs> it is, isn't it? it? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like when people support uh, Manchester United and they turn out they're 25. <laughs> so, go, right, right. so I was... I was you can um, do the quite easily, can't you? <laughs> yeah. So I was 21, basically. Just got married. And um, my mate Sid said, oh, why don't you come and see Dallas then? So I went, I went there... Um, and I was hooked, basically. And um, I remember I had my first child um, in Dulwich <laughs> Hospital. And what, what, what <laughs> happened to that uh, baby arms? Yeah. And um, when we were playing in the FA Trophy, and then my wife was still in hospital with Jack. And um, I went up to see her. I timed it right. So I went up to see her <laughs> in the morning. And I quickly you know, left at... at um, Two thirty to go and watch the match, and I've always regarded it as one of one of the the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Maybe because of the timing was right, but um, you were naturally euphoric anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's it just a great match. And um, who was it against? Uh, Kettering Town, Dudgeon at Kettering Town. I think it was the FA Trophy. It might have been the FA Cup, but I think it was the FA Trophy. And Frank Murphy was playing for them. Oh, Frank right. Murphy later on in the nineties. He became one of my favourite ever players. You know, he's a fantastic footballer. Yeah, Once yeah. described as the George Best of the non-league, <laughs> he was a he was a great player, great. But they might have, might have been calling him the George Best of the non-league because he liked a bit of a drink. It could be other reasons. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, so so right through right through the eighties and the nineties, um, yeah, we were sort of up up and up and down in in the division. And then in the um, early 90s, we got relegated, came back a um, year or so later. And then in, in the early 2000s, we, we were relegated. Yeah, that we, was the we, one we, year we, I we, got a season ticket. Got <sighs> 15 quid, Steve. My bad addresses. <laughs> I, I didn't go back afterwards. I've been back about four times since. And since, since then, since... In the last couple of years, we've done quite well getting into the playoff position and, and then into the playoff final, but we've um, uh, lost twice. Um, this year, at the moment, we're sitting on the top of the league, and it'd be nice to stay there and uh, go up automatically. Well, it would it's be nice, just it would seem quite organic, wouldn't it? You say getting into playoff position, getting into playoff finals, and then getting promoted. Yeah, that's right, yeah. If anyone your... deserves it, we do. We play. We play some of the best football in the division. As a football, yeah. I mean, when we went to the game the other day, it was remarkable. Yeah, sort committed of... to. I mean, a couple of times it was to the detriment of yeah. uh, the defending, where they're passing the ball about across yeah, the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our manager at the moment, he's a great guy, Gavin Rose, and he's just won Manager of the Month 
for the last two months, November and December. So things are looking up. He's put together a great team, though. Hasn't he? Mm. I mean, the, the actual quality of the football. I, you, yeah. know, I, you know, I haven't been to uh, a live football. No, you get an idea of what non-league football is, and it's yeah. you know, quite agricultural. Yeah. You, uh, but it's but great. It wasn't, and, was it? and like the Dulles yeah. equalised, we were behind the suit in goal. Yeah. So and it was great just sort of having, it was like Danny Carr bearing down on us. And yeah, like, he's a great young um, you know, A bit naive at times. Um, so he's forever looking at the lino to see whether he's offside or not. No, forget the lino, just get on with the game. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Oz Tuma made a, made a big impact, didn't he? Yeah, he's great. He's a fabulous little fella. Yeah. He's, so they, they sing good, a song about him. You know, he's he's five foot it. two. He's pink and blue. <laughs> um, but he, he can't be much more than five foot two. He's, he's five three. He's, 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 five, he's, five, he's five foot three. He's from Turkey. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> he got, his height, we, we said it to him. His height changes according to what the song means. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he came from Turkey to bring us joy, and so you'd have to yeah, change that yeah. Turkey bit. <laughs> What's been your favourite period watching Dulwich? Do you reckon? Is there a particular team or manager or? Uh, probably in the mid nineties when Frank Murphy was the manager, and we had we had some wonderful players and, and one stood Willie Lillington. Willie Lillington, he was he was a brilliant, brilliant footballer. Yeah, uh, centre forward, bit of an old fashioned centre forward, but but great, great hero to most of us. Um, and a guy called Joseph Odegbami, Nigerian chap, fantastic skill. You know, uh, could dribble, dribble like a baby. It's <laughs> <laughs> the thing you end up with some of these players that are, it's like over the park a bit, and where you just got a player who like, oh, he plays for Charlton Youth, and they're just head and shoulders above other people in terms yeah. of the technique. Like Peter Garland was another. Yeah, one. Peter yeah. Peter Garland, who was uh, wasn't he Kevin Keegan's first signing at Newcastle? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and he ended up at Dulwich as like yeah. quite an overweight, yeah, uh, kind of. Paul Gascoigne type, wouldn't yeah. he? But just I saw him play. I saw him play a couple of times. Yeah, Peter Gunn, Peter Gunn's in my, my, my top eleven players. Yeah. yeah, but he came just after the Frank Murphy era. Um, his dad, uh, Dave course, Garland, yeah. was the manager. He's both there. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Matt, Matt Garland was it? Mark, was Mark, 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 Mark Garland. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there was. Um, but Peter Garland was was. And it, was he at Tottenham? Uh, was a kid. I think he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. But I remember with the first Gaza. Time. Yeah, he was. He was at Tottenham at the same time as Paul. Yeah, Gaza, I wonder if yeah. he maybe watched Gaza and muddled himself on him. at lunchtime <laughs> 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 yeah. and, and kicked the ball up the street. Yeah, yeah. Gaza to Lenny. Because the, the first time I went to see Dulwich and Peter Garland was playing, you sort of go along and you like you see him walk out and you're like, right, this is non-league football, isn't it? It's just going to be some fat bloke looking silly. <laughs> and then he gets the ball and you're like. Oh, he's brilliant. He was so good, wasn't we, he? We were watching a game once. It, it was at Hendon. And there was this real... Behind the goal, there was a real dodgy wall. Were you at that game, I Jack? wasn't, no. Right, you know, the wall was sort of moving about. And we got a penalty. Peter Garland hit this ball. And as, as, he, <laughs> as it hits the back of the net, we all sort of surge forward. And the wall collapses. <laughs> Non-league Heisel. <laughs> it was. It was. It, you know, this wall collapsed. Um, I think that, that they were playing in the cup uh, in the FA Cup a couple of weeks later so they had to sort of quickly uh, build a wall <laughs> yeah. Yeah. goalkeeper yeah. there yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. four three <laughs> three four left left <laughs> left yeah. 
But um, yeah, Erhan Ostuma is a bit like that now, and you sort of we watched him uh, against Tuin, and there was what there was one bit where uh, the ball came to him, and he just like ran away from it, and just opened up the space behind him. Oh yeah, he and, is. Yeah, it was just great. So he's much he's so far ahead in his yeah. mind, and he plays these balls through into open spaces, expecting someone uh, yeah. to, to move, and, and they're not with it. Like no. Myron Clune is. I think he's 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 he's, he's gradually. Um, sussing it out. He got two goals the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, one one was uh, uh, supplied by Ostuma, um, and the other was was a, a tapping um, from a great Ryan uh, Ryan James cross. In fact, Ryan James put two beautiful crosses in. Ostuma missed a penalty as well, didn't he? Yeah, he missed a penalty and he missed a sitter. In a, he actually had a bad game, <laughs> and um, he still scored. And, yeah, he, he still scored, but he's he's. Um, He's a fabulous little, mm. little player. Not Dunwich's first Turkish uh, star, is he? No, no, no. That's right. Oh, you're thinking Jack must be thinking of Ozzy Byron, <laughs> who was was my first hero. Um, I remember, I remember him scoring, scoring. Um, I think it might have been like five consecutive games where he scored two goals. Um, <laughs> ten goals, ten him. goals in five games, and, um, and this is the bloke for me. He's a, he's a great, great player. But he played on the wing. Yeah, well, he used to. It's funny. He used to just walk up and down the the, the, the centre line, <laughs> from one side to the other. I think, I've got this picture in my mind him just walking, you know, not staying in in an onside position. You yeah, know, like just walking up and down that line, and then you know, get yeah, you know, the board come across and he'd be onto it, and you couldn't catch the guy. Yeah, he was. He's more to his game than that. But. His nephew is a friend of Steve's. Yeah, uh, close friend of Steve's. And Steve, you mentioned to me, didn't you? So, have you ever heard of this uh, Aussie Bayram? Yeah. Um, which may be the correct pronunciation, I don't yeah. know. See, I've always called my friend Beck Bayram, but. Uh, but his, yeah, no, it probably is. I've always called him Bayram, but uh, other people I know call him Bayram. Yeah. But his name came up in one of the chants, didn't it, on the weekend? Which also yeah, well, Beck, uh, a few weeks ago, just put up a, a picture on Facebook, and it was like, uh, it's like, it's, it's like my uncle, uh, Aussie, and he's yeah. him in a Dulwich kit. And I was like, oh, right, he played for. And I think I said it to you, Jack. I was like, uh, my mate's uncle played for uh, Dulwich, uh, Ozzy Bayram, and you were like, Ozzy Bayram? I was like, Ozzy Bayram. <laughs> <laughs> it went a bit too Ronnie's for a second. Yeah. Then. <laughs> but, who's on first? <laughs> so now that isn't the two Ronnie's. <laughs> Ozzy Bayram, he, um, he took over the reserve team uh, about 10 years ago. He was in charge of the reserve team. So we used to see him down. It was always nice to sort of shake his hand and say hello. But yeah, that's the first Aussie. Now we've got this other Aussie, Oz Tumor. <laughs> People call him Er. Go on, Er. Go on, Er. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. Go on, Er. Um, and then, go on, Aussie. Go on, Aussie. <laughs> and like uh, when we went, there was uh, the what we were calling the Turkish Ultras, which was essentially a band of uh, Turkish fans with like a drum and they were singing songs. Is that a regular thing that you get? I've not seen that. I mean, this is news to me. Oh, okay. Um, I saw them on this Saturday, the right. first game back after my holiday. Yeah. Um, and I think this is something that they might have just started up. Oh, brilliant. It's great, it's isn't great. it? It's great, it is, yeah. yeah. There's someone with a drum, wasn't there? Yeah. And, mm. um, but also just songs. Uh, and one guy looks the spitting image of, of Aaron Ostuma. Yeah. So I would imagine he's, he's, he's either his twin brother or his brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it must be... I mean, it must be... So, I've often fantasised about playing non-league football as like a career, you know, because there's no point fantasising about being a professional, is there? No. You get over that. But like, people seeing you and sort of, you know, you 
you know, having that same affection for you. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, people are professionals must be make you feel so warm. Like Mishy was saying on Facebook when he um, when he was uh, coming out of Lewisham Hospital and Lionel Best was in there. <laughs> yeah, like, Mishy. Lionel Best probably the first player I can remember by name I think yeah there was a guy who played for Dulwich in the um, 40s and 50s Les Green um, yeah phenomenal goal scorer um, and a real amiable chap I only ever met him in, in the last uh, three or four years of his life got to know him quite well interviewed him a couple of times and he, he used to get the, the tram he used to get the tram to Champion Hill with all, all, the, all the punters you know uh, so, but even now the players, you know, when we uh, were in the bar afterwards and we were talking to Mishy, and we were all the players you know, come out. Yeah. Well, he said we we said to him, you know, knowing the interviews for the, the website, we were like, any chance we you could like? Can we, like we, we, said, can we speak to a plan? He goes, come he, he goes there over there. Just go over. <laughs> the, so we went up. We went up to her and I was assuming and we were like, we do a podcast. Could we talk to you? And he was like, so yeah, uh, very humble and yeah, uh, lovely, down to oh, work, lovely guy. What lovely did you guy. T- what did you talk to him about? Is, oh, you uh, have to wait and see, wouldn't you? <laughs> or wait and hear. Yeah. Even though I remember uh, Chaz from Chaz and Dave was on the Spurs show, and it was a really, really good episode. You know, regardless if you support Tottenham, but he was talking about getting probably the a factor though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> he was talking about getting the bus to Tottenham, and you'd see like Len Dukeman getting on the bus. Yeah. He was playing for Tottenham at the time, getting the same bus as a player yeah. to the game. Yeah. And uh, he was working in a market as well, and uh, like there was an old guy there, and you know he used to speak to him or whatever. And someone goes, "You know who that is, didn't you?" And it was the guy who scored the winning goal for Tottenham in the twenty-one FA Cup final. And the guy's like working <laughs> on the market still with him. Mm. I think All things these. things like the twelfth man scheme it does give you a more direct. If you sort of go to Dulwich and you put money in a bucket, and then you're told uh, a few months later that money's gone directly towards paying for the goals, scoring the goals on the pitch. Yeah. It's not like you go to Arsenal and you pay your money. But then there's you know millions coming oh, in from sponsors, lie, millions lie, coming in from telly, millions yeah. coming, from, and you you feel like a very small part of what's going on. You feel like you're a tiny element in this massive you know multinational corporation. Whereas if you go to an omni club, you're like I'm having a direct effect on how this yeah. is is, is uh, happening. And yeah, there yeah, there's perhaps a nucleus of fifty people that yeah you, you say like the fifty people that you know by yeah. name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, people sometimes. Um, Need to meet me at a game. Um, never met me before. Yo, how do I find glasses. you? Just ask for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just ask yeah, someone yeah. for me and yeah. point you to me. You know. Yeah, we went up. Uh, we were looking for uh, the pigeon stands, which is uh, James and Darren. And um, we got up to the top. Uh, we were sort of having a look in the uh, tannoy box. Yeah. Public address system. And uh, we, um, we were looking around. I think it was it Liam who goes, uh, you're looking for the bar? And we're like, no, we're looking for the pigeon stands. And he just like pointed at them. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking, you, you mentioned Ernie Tozer before, didn't you? you um, we uh, we wanted a Toffs shirt. Do you know the Toffs shirts? Yeah, the, old the old retro yeah, shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the retro shirts. We, we wanted one from the uh, 30s when Dunnish were their, their, their greatest. So we looked at all these old photographs and we we chose we chose the colours and it came back to us and it was it was all it just just didn't look right. And um, Griff Griff's got it. Griff's got the prototypes, the Toffs prototype, they sent it to us. Griff is who you would have paid on the way in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Paul Griffin. I showed yeah. him your season ticket. He went, "You look nothing like him." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so then I, I, I met Ernie Tozer 
who were, who played in the 1937 Amateur Cup final for Dulwich. Like he was 91. I met him in Hastings. Uh, I found out his dress, wrote to him, said, look, I'm coming to Hastings. Is it possible to meet you and just have a chat? I do, you know, do this magazine, Hamlet story. And he, he wrote back, yeah, it's fine. I'll meet you at Mr. Bean's Coffee House in Hastings. <laughs> so I go there, um, meet up, this, this, this guy sitting down, he stands fun. up, you know, really tall. So I couldn't believe how tall he was, you know. You don't imagine 90 year olds ever being taller. No, no. He shrunk, he used to be much taller. You should have seen him in the face. So I had this chat with him, and in my pocket, I've got um, a crown paints colour scheme, right? (laughs) So I said, I say. You're showing him swatches. Yeah, I am. I'm showing him swatches, right? I say, say, look, we're getting the. Crown paints, so look. We're getting. We're going to get. and you know a retro shirt done um, and what I just need to do can you just tell me what sort of um, pink it was we know it was navy blue so we got that right but we're just at the pink so I'm showing him we're going for all these different pinks and he's going well it's not you know it's a bit it's like deep, deeper deep than salmon it's a deep <laughs> salmon it's a bit deeper than that one um, and I'm showing him so, no it's not as light as that and I'm thinking well we're nearly we're getting just there just pick one he says <laughs> so he says to me he says I've got the shirt at home. <laughs> he said, I've got the shirt at home. I said, you've got the shirt. From... He says, Amazing. yeah. After, after the final in 1937, they said, hey, you can keep the shirt. Yeah. And we Scrambling were... Scrambling for such a few years before. <laughs> he said, it's been folded up in my drawer uh, for the last, you know, 60 odd years or whatever. <laughs> so, so now my jaw, like it's the floor, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is it possible to see this, you know? He says, yeah. So I arranged now to meet him a couple of days later back at Mr. Bean's coffee shop. I'm going to be in Hastings again in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Is no, it fortunately, we, we were on holiday um, and I was there for the week. But um, So, yeah, we, we um, he, he brings out this shirt and I can't believe it. You know, it's faded yeah. and it's shrunk uh, 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 and so on. But you fold, up, you fold up the bottom, undo a bit of the hem and you've got the right pin. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So I said, Is it, can I borrow this? He says, sure, you can borrow it for as long as you want. So I borrow the shirt. We send it to Toffs. They reproduce it. I think we get like 100 of these shirts done. Um, and once, they, once they've got it, that, now it goes into their catalogue and they can yeah, produce yeah. You it. Can get, yeah, you can get it on Toffs website. Yeah, you can just, yeah, yeah. It's one of yeah. the options, yeah. So, so we've got all these shirts done. I've got one. I've, I've, I've got three of um, loads of people wear them they're very comfortable because they're cotton yeah, yeah it's great isn't it? they're yeah. such high quality the only thing is the sleeves don't come up very long so I can't wear one <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah we get this done um, within a short space of time weeks I think it is he dies Ernie Tozer dies in his early 90s so I'll go along to his funeral again that's in Hastings and I take with me the replica shirt um, and his original. And I, gi- I give them to the family, to his son. I say, look, you know, this is, this, this is his shirt back. Yeah, yeah. And here's, a, you know, you can have this, you know, I don't know if you want to wear it or you give it to one of your children and his grandson. That, and they got it out and they were all passing it around, all the family, and they thought it was wonderful. Yeah. A few weeks after that, I'll get a package in the post... It's, uh, and it's, it's this shirt, the, the old one, 
the original. The 37 shirt? With the Amateur Cup medal. The 37 Amateur Cup medal engraved around the side, um, E. E. Tozer, uh, 1937, um, and a scrapbook that he'd kept um, wow. from from those early yeah, days. Yeah. Um, and they said, look, we want you, 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 you to keep them. I can't believe it. Yeah. You jaw at the ground again. We'll just see in the shirt. Yeah, that scene too. <laughs> we'll just see in the shirt would have been an incredible thing. Oh, I know. But to, to actually now... If they just picked the right colour on the swatch. <laughs> <laughs> None of this would have happened. And, and Thank funny goodness, enough... Thank paints I mean, are so inadequate. <laughs> no. They're not um, I, I took it to the club. And yeah. I said, look, we've actually got the shirt. They, the, the family had given it to the club. And... I spoke to the treasurer. He said, don't, whatever you do, don't give it to the club. Don't. I said, no, we're putting it in a frame, yeah, glass yeah. frame, put it on the wall in the bar. No, don't do that. So I thought, I'll get a second opinion. So I went to the chairman. He said, no, don't put it. You, you hang on to it. He said, it'll, get, it'll go missing within a short space of time. Right, so... Then I asked someone else. They said, whatever you do, don't give it to the club. Stop asking people. So... So yeah, I I I um, yeah, I look, I'm, I'm the curator yeah. of this shirt and this medal. I would take a photo stick on the website. I've also I was you also given I was also given um, by um, um, the previous chairman one of Edgar Cale's England caps from you know his amateur England caps from the early 1920s against Wales. So I've got I've got a, 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 an England cap as well, Edgar Cale's England. It's incredible, isn't it? It's wonderful. Yeah. I've got some other bits and pieces. Um, nothing like that. Um, yeah, I've got postcards from from like nineteen oh five and and stuff. Your yeah, team photographs uh, with, with signed by the um, one of our players to to his wife, and and he died in the in the um, the First World War, and uh, yeah, I've got his signature. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, these are lovely things. Got yeah, some programs. From from during the war that um, Bill Azzi kindly um, picked up from eBay and he's passed them on to me to sort of uh, look after as well. So there's all these things, and from those, from especially from the um, the photographs and, and the programs and the handbooks, you you, you can make articles. Yeah, you, that's you, it. It's uh, resource for you. Isn't yeah, um, thehamlethistorian.blogspot.com. If anyone wants to have a look, I've got a. <laughs> A Division Four runners-up trophy from the Seven-a-Side League oh, yeah. in Dulwich. Yeah, um, I've, got, I've got a few actually, all runners-up ones, all from very low divisions. All Division Four, yeah, all Division Four yeah. uh, runners-up. One winners one actually from two thousand two, I think. Um, but they've got um, the Dulwich Hamlet uh, badge like uh, on the trophy itself. So I've got I've got some Dulwich Hamlet uh, silverware. Yeah, the, the it's not the same. <laughs> if I could get, if I could swap those for an amateur, you know, cup medal from nineteen thirty-seven, I probably would. I remember but. in the um, in the eighties, uh, I was always disappointed with the Dulwich Hamlet badge that was depicted on the cover of the program. Whenever it was shown, it was blotchy. You couldn't really make out what 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 was on it. And I was in a sort of a graphics background as well. Um, so it really irked every time I saw it. So I just took it on myself to sort of redraw it one day and um, just clean it up. Yeah. So drew this um, badge up, and I remember my, my boss at the time, who was much better 
graphic artist than than Dar was. He, he he tidied it up even more. So yeah, <laughs> was it Andy Owen? Andy Owen, yeah, he, 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 he was brilliant. Do you know the, the, um, the significance of the the symbols on the badge? Yeah, like I do, but colours. don't ask me at the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got Campbell and Surrey. Yeah, I figured that was. Oh, so that's what it is. It's yeah, uh, it's, it's all different. Areas. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I thought the world might be Campbell. Yeah, I think the the well, the two wells, and the sparrows. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's that's uh, Campbell. I, think. I did it. Um, I've sort of updated it, but I tried to keep it in keeping. With, yeah, keep it in keeping. That don't show I tried to do it like um, it was in the old days. So yeah. similar style, but just yeah, tidier. But get enough. well away from this this desperate thing yeah. that they'd had for years. And, and when the, and I, I would look back, this, this cruddy old badge went back decades. Yeah, you know, well, nobody it was, had a decent It was master, cruddy. Basically. It, it, it was, was just cruddy. photocopy, photocopy, photocopy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was cruddy back in the forties and fifties. You yeah. look at all the old programs. You go on eBay and you're putting Daddy Chamlet programs. You can see how bad it is. Yeah. So I redrew it and I, I, I thought oh, they might use it. And I sent it to the program editor, and um, and I must have sent it to him in August because you know within a couple of weeks he sent me the brand new program and there it is in Pride of Place right in the centre. And uh, they've been using it. Best program since. they've ever had, isn't it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Oh, yeah, it's, right. I mean, it's pleasing for me, but you know, but I just felt, yeah, yeah. yeah it was for your own. It was for your own peace of mind as much as anything. <laughs> <laughs> Big game, Saturday, January the nineteenth. Maidstone United. Made Dulwich at the moment the top. Maidstone the second. second yeah. Uh, they've got a couple of games in hand. We're only a couple of points ahead. So that, that that's like a six-pointer, and we've got to win that one. And that will be a massive crowd. Oh, yeah, they had uh, 2,200s these yeah. years. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I doubt if it will go above a 1,000, but it could oh, do. Right. It could do. Yeah, I've, never, I've only seen those numbers at the uh, Tottenham friendly, the Palace friendly was like that, and obviously Southport in the FA Cup yeah. in... Uh, when was that, 98 or 99? But when we played them in the um, the uh, away fixture, there was 1989. So almost 2,000. So that might not be the best game to come along and say hello because you won't be able to find any of us. <laughs> but seek out the guests from the show. Say hello to Michi and... Uh, You'll well, find Michi, wouldn't you? Charming yeah. away, 10 minutes to go. Yeah. Gavin Rose's pink and blue army. So thanks for listening. Go to our website, uh, southlondonhardcore.com, for extra material, and you can tweet at us, at SLHC, and we'll see you at a game soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm.